When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the leadership strategist. Tonight's guest, Senior Executive Assistant for Kill Global Coaching and Consulting and Podcast Producer, Audrey Widelick. Hey, what you drink? All right, we are closing in on the end of another season. I can't believe it. We've had so many amazing conversations with incredible leaders. And, uh, you know, again, I decided to bring back Ms. Audrey Weidlick to help us close out this season with a season recap. So, Audrey, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you. It's good to be back. Excited to be here. Uh, Can you believe that we are closing out yet another season? It seems like only yesterday. What are your thoughts about this? It seems so unreal. Uh, It seems like just yesterday we were launching season one, and I feel like I just joined the crew, but I've been here for over a year now, and I'm just super excited to be a part of it. And producing season two was such a fun learning experience for me, and I enjoyed every step of the way. Well, hey, well, let, let's jump in. Let's not let's not hold up with any more formalities. You guys know who Audrey is. She is the absolute best. She ha- she does everything relative to this podcast. I'm just a talent. I just I get to talk into <laughs> an incredible microphone and and speak to some amazing guests. But Audrey is the person that makes all of this happen, and so I, I can't think of a better person to help me review season two and uh, again just just uh, what are your thoughts uh, just kind of in general before we jump into the individual conversations what are your thoughts about what we're doing here with this podcast on whiskey jazz and leadership gosh well each episode drops like such important information that i feel like every leader needs to hear no matter what stage of their leadership career they're in um i feel like at each episode has something just great to offer. I feel like each episode's different. And I feel like no matter who you are in the business world or where you are, 
each episode can apply to you in some way. And I've definitely been able to apply uh, leadership advice from each guest. And it's been great to be like surrounded by such powerful leaders. And they have just really had such an impact on the way of my outlook in life. Well, I mean, you you talked about powerful leaders and you got you kind of gave me a challenge as we were coming out of season one and we just had such an incredible lineup for season one. You, you said, well, Galen, we've got to start season two with a heavy hitter. And I served up none other than Rada Yavovich. What do you think about Rada? What do you think about that conversation? And what did you learn from her? Gosh, what didn't I learn from Rada? Rada's episode was such a joy to listen to. She is such an infectious personality that you don't want to click off of her episode. You just want to keep listening to her. Her company, like The Darkest Horse, has such a rich upbringing, and I feel like it has so many great things coming. Rada also touched on white supremacy in the workplace. In a general sense, and this is actually something that came up in our the emotional intelligence program that we did, naturally, people are really uncomfortable with injustice and with unfairness. There are these like experiments where you play a card game with somebody, the deck is stacked, and like eventually they sort of notice it. Even before their brain notices that it's stacked, their body notices and starts sweating and their heart rate increases and stuff like that. And like when you perceive that there is an injustice, even when it's in your favor, it's uncomfortable. White supremacy is the most mass produced injustice in history. It is the most pervasive. It is the most effective. It's the most systematic. It's the most like ubiquitous injustice that there has ever been in humankind. And that's really uncomfortable. And, you know, I was kind of worried about that at first, but then I was like, this is the tone that our show is trying to deliver. We want to deliver straight talk. You want to hear, you won't get anywhere else. And I feel like her episode really set the tone of really delivering the truth and talking about real issues and important topics on the show. Yeah, Rada made me a little nervous. Uh, (laughs) She she made me a little nervous because, I mean, I knew Rada was going to be brilliant because I've hung out with her for an extended period of time. And I knew that she had the leadership chops. uh, That was without question. Uh, And, you know, I was surprised actually by her whiskey chops. And, you know, she has some pretty extensive jazz experience as well. She was the full package. She actually brought me into uh, a topic that I, I just didn't know. I didn't know that I was ready to go, right? I, I didn't know that <laughs> I would be talking about white supremacy and white supremacy culture, but that's what she does. I mean, that's what she is. She is just really, she's a fierce leader. She's a fierce consultant. And I couldn't think of anyone better to start off season three. And then after Rada, we heard from a new, a new friend of mine, uh, someone I had not known for very long. But uh, once I had one conversation with him, uh, it was just clear to me that we were going to be fast friends and uh, that was none other than Jared Simmons. What did you think about Jared, Jared Simmons? Well, you and Jared obviously clicked on the show because you guys share both of the same three passions, he says, as he comes on the show. He says, wow, this show, I didn't know there was a show that combined my three passions as well. So I thought that was 
made him such an iconic guest on Whiskey Jazz and Leadership. Uh, he comes on drinking screwball peanut butter whiskey, and he just brings on the fire from there. He's really done it all. Uh, if you're looking for top shelf leadership advice, Jared Simmons is the way to go. He's uh, managed um, so many companies from Coca-Cola to McKinsey, and he really knows a lot about diversity and how to shape teams to be an effective or an effective power. And you just really can't get any more top shelf leadership advice from anyone else from Jared Simmons. Yeah, Jared, Jared Simmons is one of those guys I used to say uh, who was smart for no reason. But the only difference is uh, he actually puts his intellect to use. I mean, he's smart for very good reasons. And uh, not only did he come with the leadership chops, he just really broke leadership down to its core essence. I like the distinction, the right question and an important question, because sometimes the only way to know you ask the right question is to ask it and to start down the path. But I think you can know that a question is important in, in advance. Understanding what an important question is, is all about understanding what matters to your consumer, your customer, your leadership team, your peers, other functions. It's an almost a, a, an alchemy. People like to talk about being consumer focused, consumer driven and all those things. And that sounds great as a you know, bumper sticker or a, a quote. But at the end of the day, if you can't win hearts and minds of the sales organization, if you can't win the hearts and minds of the of the supply chain team, you're going to miss. You're not going to get it right. Uh, you're going to solve the wrong problem or you're going to start solving something that's important to the wrong people. And I just really appreciate it. Uh, that, you know, one of the things that one of my mentors told me is that being strategic is not about making things complex. It's actually about making complex things very simple. And Jared does that. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, so much, in fact, that uh, I, I had to return the favor uh, and appear on his podcast. So if you are dying for more of Galen Bingham and Jared Simmons, you've got to check out his podcast. He uh, runs Outlast Consulting Inc. And we're going to put a link into his podcast with this one so that you can check us out. Uh, but he is all over innovation. And his podcast is What is Innovation? So definitely check out Jared Simmons. Plus, the dude studied jazz theory. I mean, you can't find a better, a, a better fit than Jared Simmons. Who's who yeah, next? Susan Lidner. Susan Lidner was definitely one of my favorite guests. Uh, just starting from where she started out, just she has such a unique story that you just have to hear the rest of it. So when I first clicked onto her episode, I was like, wow. So she started out educating people in the brothels of Taiwan, and now she's educating companies in Wall Street and Silicon Valley. Uh, she teaches through storytelling, and I never really realized the power and the potential of story until I listened to her episode. The only thing I had with this thing that was not an innovation, right? It was 10,000 years old. I realized that the story had to change because we didn't have anything else. So how are we going to change people's behavior? get them to adopt a product or service that they may not have had before, right? If we talk about it in corporate terms. And so the Department of Health had one idea and that was fear. You know, use a condom or die. 
And you know what? It worked for a while. It worked for about six months. We saw rapidly declining HIV infection rates. However, after about six months, everything flatlined and we saw rates climbing again. And once we figured out that by making the listener of the story, the mama-san who owned the brothel, the customer of the brothel, or the sex worker, made them the hero of the story, tell us what you need to be the hero. Then we could actually get adoption and things would shift. And it's kind of changed the way I kind of share my leadership. It was just one of those episodes that really stuck with me. It was a very eye-opening thing to hear. And especially in the VIP room, she says that storytelling is the glue to make connections that hold people together. Susan is the real thing. Uh, you, you can't get uh, a better person to uh, demonstrate how storytelling is at the core of leadership. And uh, one of my favorite books, it's kind of an old book now, it, the title of it is He Who Tells the Best Story Wins, because storytelling is at the core of everything that we do. I mean, whether you're in business or whether you are a parent trying to get your, your, your kid to study or to eat their vegetables, he who tells the best story wins. Susan brings those principles to life. She even pulls from uh, all of the holy texts whether it's scripture, whether it's Quran, whether it's the Holy Bible, whether it's, you, you name it, she's researched what it takes to be an effective storyteller. And you're right, boy, she really did come to life in the VIP room. So if you are listening to this and you are not a member of uh, our VIP group, uh, you are really missing the best part of these conversations because uh, I, I think everyone gets so excited on the show that by the time we get to the end, they're begging for another 10, 15, 20 minutes. And, and that's what the VIP uh, group is all about. So Susan, Susan is, one of my, is one of my absolute favorites. Susan was amazing. But right after her, we did not stop with the power. And we brought Eddie Becton, who knows a little bit about everything in the jazz section of the show. And if you're looking for jazz education, Eddie Becton's the place to go. For people who don't get it, when we talk about whiskey or leadership, whiskey and jazz, let me help you see that connection. To me, it's a very clear connection. Improvisational nature of jazz, right? Theoretically, that's, that's like the foundation of what jazz is all about. Jazz is, to me, a metaphor for life. So you may have your arrangements nice and clear on the sheet. All right, we're going to play this scale. We're going to do this in a B flat. Da, 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 da. But life, as you know, sometimes you got to tear that paper up. These arrangements are not working for me. So I have to adjust. He knows almost everything there is to know about jazz. He teaches jazz at a college level and has such a unique way of teaching. Uh, he really strives to get his students to relate to his teaching as well by combining modern music and trying and tying it together with jazz. Personally, as a jazz or as a college student, uh, I admired the application of jazz and it really uh, interests me as a student of how he does that. But you also can't forget like everything he's done uh, in his jazz career. He's met some of the most iconic jazz musicians in the industry. And the whole story that he tells about his career in the episode is just so interesting. He just knows so many great people from the jazz industry. Oh, that that is an understatement. I mean, every jazz 
icon who I have admired the first jazz album that I ever remember listening to. This is well before I appreciated jazz at all was Eddie Harris and Les McCann and uh, the Swiss movement. And I still have that actual, the actual album. I've got that at, I've got that here. He tells the story of actually meeting Les McCann and having Les McCann sing happy birthday to his mother. We talk about, you know, everyone knows that I'm a big, big fan of, of Miles Davis and one of Miles Davis's longtime pianists is Herbie Hancock. He tells a story about meeting Herbie Hancock's dad, creating a connection with his father and translating that story to Herbie Hancock uh, as they were preparing for an interview. This guy literally knows everyone and everything about jazz. And it was just an amazing story as to how we met. And that just, for me, just really demonstrates that when you are trying to do something positive, the universe will conspire to make that happen because uh, he was a real treat. So definitely double back and check out Eddie Becton, a real, real treat. Yeah, Eddie Becton was great because I feel like we didn't really have the jazz. We didn't really have much of the jazz on the show before. We really had the whiskey and we definitely had the leadership, but Eddie Becton really brought it. Uh, another person who brought definitely the leadership was Don Angelo Bivens. Uh, I feel like he really knows what it means to be a leader. He talked about how important it is to be humble, to be candid, and especially to be accountable. I feel no matter where you are in your career, every leader needs to hear these principles and reflect on them. I love being in the company of those who are reaching for a greater greatness than the greatness that they already are, which means the people that I work with typically are leaders in nonprofits, Fortune 500, middle market, or hyper-growth startups. And they are on a path to become something that they may not be at this moment and or they're looking to get better at their effectiveness as leaders. Uh, he also talks about standing up for yourself in the business world and where courage is due. And I think that's such a strong message uh, because standing up for yourself, no matter where you are in business, is so important. Don Angelo is he's so strong in his identity identity and you can feel I feel his confidence really shined in the episode and it really made just such an interesting lesson and I really enjoyed his episode. Well we titled uh his episode Straight No Chaser with Don Angelo Bivens because that is exactly what you get uh when you interact with Don Angelo. He he's one of those people who you either love him or you hate him, but there is no middle of the road. There is no lukewarm. <laughs> There's no ah, uh, about Don Angelo. Uh, when when I decided to get serious about uh, being a, an executive coach and do this professionally and do this for real at the highest possible level, uh, I, I reached out for a coach, which is kind of strange that a coach would reach out for a coach, but I, I reached out for a coach and Don Angelo was, was that dude for me. When we brought him on the show, you, you really don't know what you're going to get when you bring Don Angelo other than you know you're going to get the truth. You're going to get his truth. And uh, he did not shy away from that challenge uh, in this episode. Definitely not. Uh, Matt Wiggler was next, and he was another great guest. Um, he was very inspiring to me because he made his passion his career. 
he had a passion of music, which brought more jazz in the show. And so that was super fun. Uh, he also made just a great comparison between jazz and leadership together. He knows so much about jazz. So he was, this was definitely one of my favorite links to jazz and leadership. Um, he had so many intriguing points in his episode. Uh, one of my favorite was when he compared practicing leadership skills to practicing an instrument. And Matt's story is definitely a story you need to hear. The interesting thing about Matt is that he, he's not much older than you. Uh, he is really, just really um, at the start of his professional career, but he doesn't present that way. I mean, he presents very seasoned and, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely researched. He knows what he's doing. He's leading from his heart. But, uh, you know, he even says in, in the episode that uh, he doesn't have a whole lot of business exp experience. I have a partner that I brought in in each of the two businesses, and I'm always talking to them. I say. Are we on track? Yes. We're doing the right activities? Yes. And we're saying, okay, we're feeling good. Well, why, why aren't there millions of dollars in the bank account yet? Well, we haven't been at it for enough years, right? And I always say, I think you may be surprised 10 years from now, just how well we're doing. Because just like learning how to play an instrument, there's this compounding effect from inc little incremental improvements over a long period of time. He's just doing what he believes is right, and he's researching what he does, and he's showing up in the right way. I think he runs like two businesses, and then he is a professional jazz and, and blues pianist. Uh, he's the real thing, and uh, I suspect that we're going to see big things from Matt Wiggler, and I'm just so excited that I get to say that I had him as a guest on Whiskey Jazz and Leadership. For sure. No, that's such a courageous thing to do, to explore your passion and make it a career at such a young age. And you got to be a pretty courageous person to take that step. Yes. Where do we go from Matt Wiggler? Uh, not only then, Gerald DeBoose. Oh, my God. Such a great episode. Um, one of the quotes that definitely stood out for me, and this quote kind of defines the episode for me, is if you put the numbers before the people, the numbers will always suffer. And Gerald talks a lot about uh, corporate culture and why it's so important to value the people working for you and working next to you. It made me really think about uh, just culture and like around where I'm at and why it's so important to get to know people who you're working with, because it really helps you become an empathetic leader and it helps you lead more effectively. Um, so Gerald had so many lessons in his episode that I've applied to my life. In the entrepreneurial environment, right, when you are starting a business, people are looking at you hard, just as hard as you are evaluating your employees and the people that work for you. They're watching your mannerisms. They're watching how you walk. They're watching how you talk. They're watching how you deal with the stress. They're watching how you solve problems. They are observing and watching every little thing about you because they are making decisions about is this the person I can stick with he starts off his episode with an incredible story about how he became an entrepreneur and his story is just so inspiring but he really lit up in the VIP room and he also said another quote that stood out, stood out to me and it's know who you are the more genuinely you show up as yourself the world will take notice Gerald is Gerald is the real is the real thing. Uh, a lot of people will call themselves an entrepreneur 
And if you own your own business and, and everything's dependent upon you, in a, in, a, in a sense, you are an entrepreneur. But Gerald DeBose is an entrepreneur for real. I mean, he's done this in so many different avenues. And when you talk about creating something from nothing with um, very little uh, but confidence and intelligence, uh, he, he talks about that and he does that. And I've known Gerald for quite a while and we've done a couple of projects together. Uh, and uh, I just would really encourage anyone who is thinking about leading people, thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, you have to, you have to check in uh, to that episode because he's got so many lessons that you would absolutely learn on your own, but it might take you a while to learn all those lessons on your own. This guy's lived it. Well, next we got Carol. Carol's episode was one of my favorites. Um, she talked about self-awareness and the importance of knowing who you are. And she wanted to emphasize, you know, how you present yourself to the world and why that's so important. And Carol explains why it's important to hear everyone in the boardroom and not your own voice. Um, and that was really reflective to me because I know sometimes I can be a little overbearing with my ideas. So learning to listen to those around you was, you know, a lesson I feel like you learned pretty early on, but I feel like it's something that needs to be reiterated. And so that was one of the parts that really stood out to me. I love Carol. Uh, Carol was our season two opportunity to go outside of the U.S. Uh, last season, season one, uh, we went to England uh, when we talked with Rowena Wilde. This time we went to Paris um, because Carol is just, she is really embracing emotional intelligence. That's how she and I met when we were both training under Daniel Goldman. And she also is a student of flow. So she talks about how do you get into and stay in the flow when you're working, when you're, when you're trying to be amazing. Uh, how do you make that happen? But just, again, so many great, great lessons from brilliant, uh, a brilliant consultant and, and executive coach. In order for me to do something, well, first of all, what's my intention? What do I want? What are my needs? How can you do something if you don't know? So the first step in is well, figure out where you stand and leave space to your emotion. Acknowledging your emotions is going to open up the space to action. That's what I like to say to my customers and clients is it's not a wrong word to use emotion. It's not an insult. You're going to stay a leader. Everybody is a leader in some form or shape. Uh, I'm just so honored to have all these, uh, all these amazing people uh, in my contact list. Yeah, for real. There is just so many great leaders on the show. Uh, one of those being Jeffrey Hayslet. He all around inspiring. Uh, he is so humble, which I feel like can be kind of rare for someone as high uh, in the ranks as he is. But he admits to not always being the smartest in the boardroom. And he explains why it's so important to ask questions. And as a leader, you have to learn to be successful. One of the parts that I really enjoyed was the part where he said, the best leaders are those who are inquisitive. And that really stood out to me. He also says that leaders need to understand perspectives of those around him. 
taking things that connect or not connect and putting them together, disconnect the things that are connected so you can reconnect and make them better or take things that are disconnected and bring them together. So they are better. I mean, that's holy crap. That's what it's about, right? When you walk into a business, man, you got black, you got white, you got young, you got old, you got gay, you got straight, you got everything, right? And I think that's what, you know, leadership's about by bringing all these different pieces, the colors of the rainbow, the different levels of our participation, different personalities, different, different skill sets all together. That's leadership right there. Yeah. Jeffrey Hazlett uh, was one of the people who uh, I had seen him from afar because he and I were both part of the National Speakers Association. I kind of knew who he was. He was, I, I, was, I was impressed with him. Uh, but when I had an opportunity to have a conversation with him and tell him what we were trying to do, he stepped right in and he really brought to life what we're trying to do with whiskey, jazz, and leadership. I mean, he, first of all, he's drinking scotch. So you got whiskey, then you got bourbon, and then you got scotch, right? So he drinks scotch, right? So he's making that happen. But then when he starts talking about jazz he's actually a jazz dj in college so he's got the jazz chops and he understands the metaphor of how do you put things together that don't that don't seem to fit but you've got to find a way to make it fit he understands that and he uh brings that together uh, when he talks about his experiences uh, as the chief marketing officer at eastman kodak and that episode not only was it very educational very enlightening it was a lot of fun Yes, definitely loved his episode. Uh, next is not on, none other than the person who wakes you up at 5 a.m. every Wednesday, Anne McNeil. Tell me how you met Anne McNeil. Oh, my gosh. Anne McNeil, uh, I, again, at the National Speakers Association, went to the my first ever conference, didn't know what I was doing, didn't know anybody. I'm just walking the halls, and she came out of a conference room, and she said, we are about to start. Aren't you going to come in? And not knowing where to go, I just followed her. And inside that room were all of the people that I'd ever seen on YouTube. And they were talking about digging into a 10-week focus study on the book Think and Grow Rich. And Anne McNeil, I I just basically drafted her as one of my mentors. Uh, She um, knows what she's doing. She's got five businesses of her own. She is amazing and one of my favorite people on the planet. Yeah, and you can really tell how amazing she is in her episode as well. Uh, I think it's incredible how she's taken the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and fully involved it into her life and her work and even her family as well. And I think that's really admirable. And in the VIP room, she explains how she's adapted the book uh, to be part of her company's culture, which is definitely worth the listen. It was absolutely incredible. Yeah, again, that VIP room is is something to check out because again, uh we boy, I try to tell I try to tell my guests what they're in for and sometimes they believe me, sometimes they don't, but I I said, you know, hey, look, this is more than a conversation. We're going to have an experience and by the time we get to the end of the general podcast, that's when they figure it out and they understand who our listener is. And they really, really want to pour into them. And that's what that VIP room is all about. So I really would encourage everyone. Uh, Audrey, how, how much is it for them to become a VIP and get all this extra content 
to become a VIP just for a dollar a month, you get our newsletter and we have some added perks that are coming real soon that we are so excited to share, but you get our newsletter and there is so much on that newsletter. We have a jazz pick, we have a whiskey pick, descriptions of, of the upcoming guests and when their episode's going to be released. And it's just an amazing tool to have, especially if you're really invested into whiskey, jazz, and leadership. But for $5, you can get access to uh, our VIP episodes, which are five to 10 minutes, uh, sometimes even more glimpses of just extra uh, leadership. And I firmly believe that we get these guests fired up and they go into the VIP room just giving us their best wisdom. And there's so many wisdom and leadership gems that they leave in there. And it's definitely worth it. Oh my, oh my, that is an understatement. That is an understatement and well worth the investment. Uh, But you know, I'll tell you, one of the guests I had a lot of fun with, he was actually a recommendation of Mr. Eddie Becton. Uh, That's Mr. Russell Robinson or Dr. Russell Robinson. What, What did you think about my conversation with Dr. Russell Robinson. You know, Dr. Russell Robinson actually really brought the jazz as well. Jazz is immersed in everything. We mentioned leadership, but, you know, it is one of this country's greatest inventions and all aspects of leadership from management, culture, pay, leadership, change, jazz has a place and a story in all of it. Uh, Which was really interesting. Uh, He knew a lot about Miles Davis and Lee Morgan. And so, yeah, he really knows his jazz. So I thought it brought another just really refreshing episode and gave our uh, listeners just another course in jazz. And I thought that was really cool to hear. Yeah, he he and I really uh, bonded over Lee Morgan and Russell Robinson uh, really, really brought that together. I'm, I'm, he's got a podcast as well. Uh, I'm going to see if I can sneak into his podcast because I just really love hanging out with brilliant people. Dr. Russ is definitely in that category. Uh, but you, you, I mean, you, you just got, you got to check out the episode. You, we can't yes. do it justice here. This episode is definitely one of the greats. Uh, Galen, who's next? We talked with Rashid Darden. I didn't know prior to hitting record, which is always kind of daring, right? It's kind of daring. But he came under very, very good endorsement. So I said, what the heck? And his background, he is the national president of the um, Greek letter artist uh, fraternity. But man, that conversation got into so many rich areas. We just really vibed off of each other. He talked about uh, Greek life from uh, an an African-American perspective, uh, Greek life from a non-African-American perspective, what that means. Being in a newer organization that's only almost 11 years old, there's certainly an element where our founders wanted to create something that would be bigger than them that would be looked at with some level of seriousness. And in their, in their structure, in their framework, fraternalism was the most serious thing on their campus. And there, there's a lot to be said about leaving a legacy of that magnitude. 
I'll also say there's a lot to be said when you stay engaged and use fraternalism as a means of practicing democracy, uh, use it as a means of service, using it as a, as a tool to continually better yourself. And we also talked about uh, intersectionality uh, a little bit. He really, again, came alive in the VIP room. Yeah, I really enjoyed Rashid Darden's episode as well, because I feel like his episode really defines what it really means to be a part of an organization. But I feel like this episode doesn't only apply to just sororities and fraternities. I feel like it can apply to any organization. And he really just talks about important values that each organization should hold and, you know, how you should represent yourself. All right. Next, we had Angie Flynn. Great jazz musicians. They have all the, they know all the things they need to know. They've got it in their hands. They've got it in their minds. They've got it in their hearts and souls to be present and talk about vulnerable, to be present in the moment and feel what comes up. And to be able to do that sometimes alone, but sometimes with other people. And for me and my work, when I really experience this as a speaker and when I see other speakers is when they know what they want to say, but then they can let go of all of that, be present in the moment. I call it letting go of the trapeze. You're just going to be there. The moment is going to catch you. If you are prepared, if you have the tools, if you are willing to be vulnerable and be present in that moment and the audience will catch you. And that's jazz. And Angie Flynn's episode was so interesting. Uh, She discusses how to have meaningful conversations and then she tells us why it's important to be vulnerable. I just feel like Angie had so many important lessons in her episode as well. She's a master in communications and she uses her skills to help people through one of the most common fears, public speaking. And she recently launched a book, which I'm super excited to read. And it's all about public speaking. And that's such an important skill that people need to improve on. And I feel like Angie also really shined in the VIP room. In the VIP room, she explained why listening is so important in communication. So I thought that was really interesting to learn about. Yeah, Angie Flynn McIver is amazing. And we have done a couple of projects together. And going into that project, I I didn't know who she was. And, you know, we learned the content. We're going to deliver the content. But I'll tell you, by the time we got halfway through it, it felt like we had been doing it for years. Uh, She just has this this great way of connecting with people. And I think it comes from uh, the years that she spent in theater, uh, that she really knows how to step in and make people feel comfortable. Her book is amazing. Her book is called Before You Say Anything, How to Have Better Conversations, Love Public Speaking, and Finally Know What to Do with Your Hands. Uh, I was uh, honored to be asked to uh, write a little blurb uh, on her book, and um, I I couldn't find, uh, I couldn't think of a a better project to lend my support to. Angie Flynn McIver is amazing. You should become a VIP just for her VIP conversation alone. It's, it's, it's worth the money just to hear what Angie shares about public speaking and communication. Yeah, another person who has just such phenomenal passion for what they do is Stephen Burkhart. Stephen Burkhart talks about how his passion shifted into the corporate side of medicine, which I think is so interesting because uh, 
as a business major, I feel like that's something you don't really think about. So he is the president of SSM Cardinal Glennon's Children's Hospital. And it's just so interesting to hear about the passion. He has so much passion about the people he leads and especially the people that he serves. I made so many mistakes. Don't get me wrong. I made a lot of mistakes. But the fact was that those folks, independent of all my mistakes, made significant improvements in the organization. I mean, it was powerful what they did, both from listening to each other as three different teams trying to solve the same problems, but also they were cohorted with peers across the nation. So, so I realized that as a leader, my job wasn't to be in charge of that. It was to host a party, right? A room full of folks devoted to the same idea. And so my work became how do you get them centered around that idea and how to give them the information that helps them have the right conversation. And he comes with just like this happy and confident energy that you cannot stop listening to what Mr. Burkhart has to say. I really enjoyed his episode. Stephen uh, Burkhart is the real thing. Uh, I, I say that a lot about all my guests because I only speak with leaders who really know what they're talking about. But I have watched Stephen from afar because I'm on the board of governors for the SSM Cardinal Glennon Children's Healthcare Foundation. And every time he comes in, he knows the numbers, he knows the people, and he's got personal stories about interacting with the people that he's talking about. I have never experienced a leader who is more in touch with both ends of, of what they're focused on. Most people, most leaders, they either know the numbers or they know the people. Very few people know both. This guy is absolutely amazing and i was just so honored that um that he would he would share his insights with my listeners with all of you here on whiskey jazz and leadership and again that vip conversation uh i've listened to several times over just because it is just so packed with insights that can help you in in you know regardless of the industry that you're in it's just incredibly transferable yeah, for sure. Stephen Burkhardt's episode really stood out to me in so many ways. But another one was definitely Sir Charles Carey. Uh, what did you think of Sir Charles Carey's interview? Well, you know, Sir Charles Carey and I go back a long way. And we didn't know when we first met that we were going to be such famous friends. One of Ann McNeil's master classes, we, we were paired in the same uh, cohort uh, together. Uh, and then coming out of that cohort, we actually did a couple of uh, engagements together. Uh, and when it came time for him to launch his latest project, uh, which is a the, his newest album, he asked me to MC the listening party for his new album, uh, which I was incredibly honored to do. I've done his podcast. He's done mine. Um, Sir Charles Carey is a speaker. Your pleasure and your passion can be monetized. And most times, in my opinion, your pleasure and your passion can be and should be your purpose. Now, the thing about the three Ps, there's so many different directions it may go in. And here's something I usually say to people when I do a keynote or something. Suppose you were to play for a team or want to play for a team and the coach says the roster is full. Well, you know, what would you do if the roster's full? People say, oh, I know, I'll play for another team. I say, I suppose that roster's full. I'll, uh, oh, I'll start my own team. I said, well, you know, it costs a lot of money. What would you do? What next? Then you start to see their eyes rolling back and forth 
in their head because they're trying to figure out what would I do if the roster is full? And the answer is kind of simple to me, but it's not a common answer. They get stuck. And I say, well, what's wrong with being coach's assistant? What's wrong with being an assistant coach? What's wrong with being a sports journalist? What's wrong with sports therapy? What's wrong with being a mascot? And they look like, oh, those are five different positions that give you a different view of the game so that when your opportunity to get on the field or the court comes, you see the game entirely different perspective. So find your pleasure, find your passion, and find your purpose. He is a professional speaker. He's an entertainer. He's a singer. This guy loves being on stages, and he's amazing at it. Yeah, Sir Charles Carey has just really done it all. He's written like seven books. He produ- He's producing his own album. And I just think it's really cool how he really emphasizes uh, doing things that he loves to do. And I think that's really just really pure. And I love that. And next, I, I had an opportunity to introduce my listeners to one of my longest standing friends, uh, Mr. Bo Stevens. What, what did you think about the conversation with Bo Stevens? Gosh, I loved your episode with Bo Stevens. It was so cool to get like a glimpse inside your childhood with Bo. Uh, hearing the your guys' background on the basketball court was definitely so interesting. Uh, I will tell you from listening to you, Galen, some of the concepts that you have, like specifically freedom within a framework you talk about that right and how people you give them a framework and they can work in that and and it just keeps coming but how i relate to that is like tex winter and phil jackson in the triangle offense Mm -hmm. right there's a framework but there's freedom within that to do whatever now let's be honest in the fourth quarter jordan did whatever he wanted to do (laughs) those first three quarters there was some structure that everybody kind of understood and i see that that related to me. I was like, oh, that relates to it. So I, I do that all the time and I'm almost corny with it because it's just that reference point for me. But sports and life and parenting, for me, that's just all one big pot of gumbo that's rich and it's all stirred together. I can't separate it. I can't separate any of it. It's all right. life to me. Uh, one of my favorite parts about Bo's episode is besides his uh, leadership skills of like managing a sales team, He also talks about coaching his daughter's team, uh, his daughter's fifth grade basketball team, and how much of a challenge and such a unique challenge that was to coach. And I know you two related on that because you also coached your daughter's team. Bo has always been incredibly passionate about whatever it is that he was doing. Uh, we, We grew up playing basketball together. The day that we met, there was something about the look in each other's eye that we knew that we were going to be uh, buddies. And it turned into one of those things where whenever I was playing basketball somewhere, I would find a way to get a hold of him. Whenever he was playing a game somewhere, he would find a way to get a hold of me. We always knew that we had at least one person that would go hoop. And as we grew older and grew into adulthood, Uh, we always found a way to reconnect, very reminiscent to my conversation with KP Westmoreland from season one, but different uh, because KP and I met in college, but Bo and I, we we go back an incredibly long way. Yeah, definitely. Bo Stevens 
is one of my favorite memories from high school is is hanging out with Bo. And so I was just so, so excited to have him on Whiskey Jazz and Leadership. He, he brought he brought a great, a great perspective. Uh, next up in our final episode was Shana and Tamara. And gosh, their episodes in season one were amazing. And they have so many gems in those. And I encourage you to guys, I encourage you guys to double back and listen to those. Uh, but when they come together, oh my gosh, they brought such a great finale for the show. Uh, their personalities work so well together. And they talk about owning who they are and demanding respect as Black women. And I really thought this was such an empowering episode. They also both relate on the topic of liberation and hearing how they both define liberation was just so in-depth. And it's just definitely worth a listen to hear the passion from both of these women is just incredible. You know, I always often talk about the difference between birthing and building. When you're building, you're forcing your you're going out, you're trying to make it happen, right? When you're birthing, you're allowing, you're attracting, you're allowing the work that you do to work for itself, for people to speak on your behalf, for your work to speak for itself. And that's when you're in the flow. And when you get in flow, <laughs> it, it, it just becomes so much easier and more joy-filled and joyful to do it. It's so tough, you know, working with people who don't understand it because it kind of seems counterintuitive, but there's nothing like, you know, seeing folks actually, you know, go through that process, surrender and say, okay, I'm going to try this new thing and actually see how much easier their work is on the other side, how much more sustainable it is. It's incredible. I guess my one cent you know, to um, the beautiful tapestry that you just laid before us, um, Shana, would be knowing, doing, being. So we're talking about the importance of going from a space of know something, do something, then be it. So in the space, the organic space that I share in this wonderful um, relationship with my scholars, what is it that you know for sure? Who are you and what do you know for sure? And then when you know something, you go to doing it in the practice. And in that practice, to your point, sis, I encourage them to be failure fanatics because if they're not failing, they're not succeeding. And that's the third step in my book, Liberation Now. And then once you have the freedom and someone's playing interference for you to fail forward and fail quickly, then you can what? Just be. You are not looking for outside validation, you not even from your mom and your daddy, you know what it is that you're supposed to be doing because we all have something very specific that we must complete and it cannot be delegated to anybody else. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, both of them had their own individual episodes in season in season one, and uh, they are just amazing people individually. So I've just got nothing but absolute respect for Tamara McMillan, we call her mic drop because she just brings the heat. And then uh, Shana Hammond is one of my personal weekly accountability uh, partners. And she's just doing so many amazing things. And uh, she recently released a a book as well. Uh, That book is called Becoming an Indigo Woman. And she talks about her journey, her journey, her personal journey in becoming who she is today, 
it's easy to think that people uh, who are successful have always been successful, but she dispels that myth in her book. And uh, I'm just so honored to have someone like her in my life on a weekly basis. And um, when you bring them together, I, I was nervous about it. I think that's probably the quietest I've ever been on an episode because Tamara and Shana together, you you definitely want to make sure that you got something to drink uh, when you listen to that episode, if you haven't already. It's an absolutely incredible one. And what an episode to cap off the season with. And yeah, um, super excited for season three. How are you feeling about it? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, season two was just absolutely amazing. Uh, and I thought that um, it was definitely uh, a demonstration of how we seem to be getting more attuned to the kind of information that our listeners are wanting to hear. Uh, I get more comments than ever uh, from listeners saying, Galen, give me your perspective on this. I just heard that. Uh, can you tell me how I can get more information? Uh, we're getting more of those types of comments, so please keep them coming. But season three is going to be beyond amazing. Uh, we're going to have a conversation with Mr. Jim Dinkins, who is the CEO of the Honey Baked Ham Company. Uh, he is a, um, a longtime leader in, in my past and just honored to have him. Uh, Mr. Joe Cavalier, who is one of my original mentors, he's the global group president for Haynes Innerwear, uh, just a, an amazing leader, uh, actually one of three people that I think about frequently when I have to make leadership decisions, Connie St. John, uh, Mr. Dave Peacock, who's the former CEO of Anheuser-Busch, uh, Michelle Navarez, who is uh, leading uh, Beyond EI. She is the teacher of the uh, emotional intelligence teacher for many of uh, my colleagues and I who you've heard. Uh, Ms. Havila Malone, who's an actress, you've seen her on, on television shows. It, it just doesn't stop. We've got Pagin, who's a, who's a Hall of Fame motivational speaker. Uh, I like to say that she's the speaker who only requires one name. She's in season three. Uh, we're going to hear from some NFL, former NFL players and Hall of Fame. Uh, we've got the photographer, the personal photographer for Aretha Franklin and uh, Ms. Rosa Parks. She's photographed Nelson Mandela, uh, Muhammad Ali. She's photographed uh, three uh, U.S. presidents. If there is a photograph of a famous person, you have probably seen her work. Again. Season three is power packed. Uh, you got to subscribe. You don't want to miss any part of this, but not only subscribe, you need to become a VIP because all of these folks give you their best stuff in the VIP room. I just, I wish I could give the, the VIP conversation for free, uh, but I can't, Audrey, Audrey won't, she won't allow it. And uh, she's kind of scary that way. Um, <laughs> What what are your thoughts about about season three? Because you you kind of know who's coming as well. Yeah, uh, season three. You were sending me the guests that uh, I needed to contact and get uh, in touch with, so we could get them ready to be on the show. And gosh, every time you'd send me a guest, I go, I call my mom or like my friends. I'd be like, guess who I'm talking to? 
it's just such a cool experience to be able to talk to just these huge leaders in the industry. And I think in season three, we're kind of pulling them out of like everywhere. We got, you know, the NFL players, we have photographers. It's just, we have such a cool lineup for season three. And I think it's going to really bring just a very dynamic kind of tone to season three. But the lineup, and I just feel like now that we have just a tone set for the show and we have that down, I feel like season three is just going to come in uh, so strong and it's going to be so strong throughout because we we know what we're doing now. We we got it. <laughs> well, hey, I, I would say that you are absolutely you're absolutely dead on. And uh, again, we're, we're having fun. And again, I, I just want to thank you for all that you're doing to to keep this going. It's so easy uh, for me to come up with an idea of, hey, let's wouldn't it be cool if and uh, you come in at the right moment and you actually make that that if happen. And so I want to thank you for that. And um, let's see what else, what else, what else. Oh, and our merch. So you can get your own official whiskey, jazz and leadership shirt. And we've got a hoodie and there are just so many goodies that we are still uh, coming up with uh, so that you can be part of our community. Uh, be sure to look for us on LinkedIn, for us on Clubhouse. Uh, we want to hear from you uh, because this show is for you. Uh, we're trying to give you the straight talk that you can't get anywhere else so that you can go out and continue being amazing. Uh, any any final words from you, Audrey, as we as we put a bow on season two? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for the opportunity uh, for letting me do this for a, more than a year. I want to thank all of our guests because without them, we couldn't do this. And they've just been so phenomenal, phenomenal and like so supportive of us. They've shown up to our live Q&As and really helped our show become what it is. And my biggest thank you is definitely to our listeners for allowing us to do this and, you know, make content. And I've just had a lot of fun doing this. And season three is going to be such an amazing um, season. And it's definitely get excited for that. But before that, make sure you double back on season two and even season one. Uh, subscribe, download, and really collect the wisdom that comes with all of it. Well, fantastic. Well, that's a great place to end. Uh, ra- raise your glass, and I'll raise my mine as well. And uh, until next time, cheers. Cheers. Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.